0: green vomit the only movie podcast for normal people i'm of course your host kayla and uh super excited to have joining me today as all days my twin collie j
1: quack quack baby and never <laughs> has that been more prescient than today Quack, ah! quack.
0: <laughs> um today well this is a special episode it is for you for me, because when this comes out, it will be my birthday week. Hey. What?
1: Happy birthday. Ah! <laughs> really? Happy birthday.
0: Hell yeah. I'm feeling wild because not only is it my birthday episode, uh-huh. but it's been eight days since we recorded last. <laughs> And that just means it's been too long, and I'm excited to do the podcast. <laughs>
1: oh my God. That's a normal amount of time. <laughs>
0: oh, once we start hitting, like, five or so, I start getting the itch. Oh, my God. <laughs> um. So... Y'all will remember, for Kali's birthday, we did Kali's fave movie, No Questions Asked. Mm -hmm. And, uh, (laughs) you know, I didn't love it, but... uh, Yeah, you had a a wrong opinion about it, and... (laughs) It was a birthday present for Kali (laughs) Um, to have a fight for his birthday. And so for my birthday, I also picked a movie, No Holds Barred, that I wasn't... I didn't know if Kali would like or not, but I'm feeling optimistic, maybe, so... This could be cool. I picked the 2016 film The Ornithologist. I originally watched this movie around Christmas time, uh, so a few months ago. It was actually recommended to me by uh, Pal of the Pod Mike Saunders, past guest, who, when he sent it to me, said something along the lines of, this movie seems like basically your entire vibe. Yeah. And uh I'm inclined to agree, I think.
1: <laughs> yeah. The one thing it's missing from your vibe, I would say, is you mm-hmm. you have like like yeah, your self-aware kind of cheesy fun part. Not mm-hmm. that this movie isn't fun, but this movie yeah. is very se- is serious throughout.
0: Super serious, yeah, yeah for the most part. Um, There's one little playful spot, but uh yeah, I'm pretty curious. serious. Oh, you know what? what?
1: A lot of this movie was very playful for me. I enjoyed yeah. a lot of this movie, and I'll explain why once we get into it.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so I guess let's just dive into the cast and shit. Hell yeah. This movie was made by a filmmaking duo, uh, Joao Pedro Rodriguez and Joao Ruiz Guerra da Mata, who have made a lot of movies together they've been making movies together for like 25 years or something hell yeah so for this particular movie uh they wrote it together uh, joao Rui did the art direction and uh joao pedro directed the film and he also plays the character antonio later in the film and okay. side fact not to bring up relaxer but
1: <laughs> it's your birthday. The
0: character Joao in <laughs> yeah, it is my birthday. The character Joao in Relaxer, who shows up at the end of the movie, is named after these two filmmakers. Fun fact. Hell yeah. Okay, and then in the main lead starring role is Paul Amy. And I'll I'll have more notes on the lead role later i okay. think <laughs> i think i'm gonna wait until we get into the movie to bring up more so
1: Kali, tell us what the critic scores are cricket scores are looking good in the neighborhood metacricket we're looking at an 85 yes nice. based on 14 critics rotten tomatoes we got 87 <laughs> percent. i'm not even gonna look at how many that's out of 100%. like how no oh, how, many can't how many critics how many reviews how many critics yeah <laughs> uh, and then uh, google users Yeah. 64%. Mm. Yeah. That's about what I expect.
0: I guess, yeah. I guess that would be what I expect, although I don't feel like it's reflective of the movie. No, I agree. It is reflective of a general audience. What I would expect from a general audience opinion. I wouldn't show
1: this movie to my mom. Yep. There's your metric. (laughs) There's my metric. My mom wouldn't like it.
0: Yeah. if If you're into sort of a more art house, artsy, slow vibe- kind of movie yeah then yeah
1: (laughs) there's a lot going on
0: okay um so in lieu of watching the trailer because this movie is mainly in Portuguese I'm gonna have Kali read a plot summary
1: as he treks through the north of Portugal in search of rare birds Fernando is swept away by the river rapids rescued by a couple of Chinese pilgrims he tries to find his way back home through the eerie dark forests where uncanny encounters put him to the test. Dun dun. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I had read about this movie, because you'd recommended this to me prior, and... hmm probably so. I think I, I looked at... Th- yeah, just the letterbox stri- summary is like, stranded along a sublime river fjord in northern Portugal, an ornithologist is subjected to a series of brutal and erotic stations of the cross-style tests.
0: Whoa, I kind of mm. like that one better. <laughs> it's really
1: interesting, but it's... Uh, it sets the movie up, though. Oh it, yeah, it's a it's a high bar to live up to.
0: Yeah, it's too good of a <laughs> plot summary.
1: <laughs> yeah, comparing what he goes through as, as stations of the cross, series of mm-hmm. tasks, is yeah. not inaccurate. Um, I would say. Yeah, you put two and two together on this movie. Well, you put like two, four, six, and like whatever background history of Catholicism you have laying around together. And (laughs) you realize, like, oh, this movie is, like, eerily linked to St. Anthony. Or it's, like, Mm -hmm. very referential to St. Anthony over and over what's going on there. And that's what, like, that's a huge thing that dragged me in. Sorry, I'm getting ahead of things, but...
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, we can start with this setup for this movie. I feel like there's kind of a, a lot of setup yeah. for where this movie comes from, the idea comes from, and kind of what it's based on. So you already mentioned St. Anthony. As a Catholic schoolboy,
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> what do you know about St. Anthony?
1: Very li- mostly little and anecdotal, but uh, Catholics love St. Anthony modern-day Catholics especially, just because he's the patron saint of lost things, lost people, the lost. Mm-hmm. And so if you lose your keys, say a little prayer to St. Anthony. My mm-hmm. my stepmom does it all the time. Drives me fucking nuts. <laughs> Can't fucking stand it. She says, St. Saint, saint Tony, St. Tony, something, something. It's a rhyme. Saint Tony. And it makes me just want to like, Hey, we're Italian. No, it makes me disrespect the Italian, <laughs> I guess. No, but then I I, I was racking my head, and I was like, I, it's very hard to keep all the fucking saints separated. Sure. There are
0: 10,000 saints. Did you know that?
1: I never knew that. I mean, I, I had Googled to memorize. <laughs> I wrote a lot of reports on a lot of saints for a lot of bullshit purposes, and mm-hmm. very little stuck with me. But St. Anthony, that's really all I knew. I knew he was Franciscan, a Franciscan monk, And Mm -hmm. that, yeah. I read his Wikipedia page after the movie. So I kind of refreshed my memory a little bit about-
0: I tried to read his Wikipedia. I'll tell you, shit's boring as fuck.
1: (laughs) You want to know the worst thing? I I love that shit. I love reading. It's just like, oh shit, he wasn't initially a Franciscan. He he was in a different monastic order.
0: See, like three of those words already just made my eyes close a little bit.
1: It's born, but like it to me, it's like, yeah, I'll say it. It's like it's like people who are fascinated with like World War II and Nazi history. yeah, it's like you gotta know what the bad guys are doing. What's all this what's all what's all It's fucked up with these people. Like, what are they worshiping? Yeah, what do they do all day? And it's like especially like Catholic history, holy mm. shit, did riddled with like fucking disregard for human bodies.
0: Yeah, they got no respect. Uh, true.
1: The Catholic Church <laughs> got no respect uh, from me.
0: And that's why we cannot back them.
1: <laughs> I do not. I, I would never back the Catholic.
0: <laughs> no way. Yeah. And actually, neither does the filmmakers here. <laughs> Hell Yeah. <laughs> They are not religious at all. (laughs) So the main character in this film is very loosely based on St. Anthony. Mm -hmm. Also, the movie is a bit autobiographical as well. The director, João Pedro, Mm -hmm. wanted to be an ornithologist when he was a kid. So before he ever studied cinema, he Mm. studied biology and he was like trying to catalog all the birds around where he lived and stuff like that. that.
1: rules. Yeah.
0: And so he says that when he was about 15, he started becoming obsessed with cinema and his obsession with cinema kind of replaced his obsession with birds and ornithology. Mm -hmm. So this film for him was a way for him to capture that spirit from his childhood And also, he says that this film is deeply personal to him because it retraces a place from which he deviated on his own path towards cinema. Hmm. Um, So in a way, he's following the steps that he took, but now he's a different person. And also, by the end of the movie, our main character is a different person. Yeah. (laughs) In many ways. (laughs) Oh, my
1: God. <laughs> also, I have no idea what happened for like the probably the last third of this movie.
0: so I think I mentioned um a while back, maybe in our under the skin episode, how I was getting super into these movies that like that are slow that you get to live with the character and also that are so. Maybe so smart that you kind of have to do research on them to even understand kind of what's going on. (laughs) Almost similar to Under the
1: Skin, yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And that's, I think, why I brought it up in that episode. But really, one of the first movies that popped into my mind, even when I was saying that, was this movie. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Because it's certainly like, yeah, you kind of have to look into it to really... To fully understand what's happening but I don't hold anything against the movie itself for being that way do you know what I mean like that doesn't sure. detract from my experience watching no. it I don't I don't feel like left of something
1: no I in my initial letterbox review I, I edited it because I felt it was really mean but I called this movie up its own ass a little bit hmm. and I didn't totally mean it as like insult because like I enjoy things that are up its own ass sometimes I love movies that posit something big they in this movie posit something very fucking big Mm -hmm. it's a heavy idea it's a lot to grapple with for the audience and it it expects a lot that's what i'm getting at if you're a movie that expects a lot of the audience you take a lot of creative liberties you paint with fine detail but also broad strokes into kind of that a casual viewer isn't going to enjoy you know, yeah, and that's fine. That's not to say like this movie isn't exclusionary. I wouldn't think it's just watched. Oh, how do I, I'm off track. I'm off track. <laughs> I think that
0: it's what he's done here is just like something that's pertinent to his own interests and is also deeply personal to him, mm-hmm. but also is very just a beautiful piece of art. And Absolutely. I think um, so. What. The director has said about religion and religious imagery that kind of grabs him was that he learned a lot about biblical stories through art because he's not religious and what's curious to him is how painters chose the specific moments in the saints lives to depict and how they show the saints before they were saints when they were just human beings and how often those depictions are Erotic and sexual, even, and the mix of the sacred and the profane together, yeah is something that he finds really fascinating and I, it's something that he brings into this movie totally, so yeah, he's just kind of taking in art and then making his own expression of it as well, um and including part of his personal story meshed with this saint's story as well mm-hmm. it really. I mean, it just is like a very personal piece of art, yeah. uh, which is cool, (laughs) (laughs) which is badass. (laughs) Hell yeah. Okay, so there's the why, I guess. Okay, so when we get into the actual movie of this, the notes I have to bring in on Paul Mm Me are that uh, Joao Pedro Rodriguez actually dubbed all of his... Voice throughout
1: this movie so
0: all of the thought it sounded all of the voice that you see from the main character is actually Joao
1: pedro's voice so it's all adr yeah yeah
0: they said they they casted him because he has a very instinctive acting ability and he doesn't depend on words so much which i also find to be true he's very good actor just like being just living you know yeah yeah but you know towards the end of the movie we'll just go ahead and spoil it because there's just no way i can't talk about yeah, it. yeah, yeah. <laughs> towards the end of the movie the main character turns into being played by joao pedro and mm-hmm. They said that he shot the scenes both with Paul and with himself, just in case he didn't like seeing himself, <laughs> but it came together and then it followed that he would dub his own voice over Paulie's voice. And it's kind of the idea that he's already inside of that body ready to come out. He says his body's already inhabited by me and I'm also inhabited by his body. So it's sort of like a body double involving both flesh and voice. Hmm. which I think is a really cool way to look at it. But he also did say that Paulie Mee is French and uh, his Portuguese accent just Sucks. wasn't good. <laughs> he said he tried to learn and, you know, he did what he could, but he's like, you know, he doesn't sound Portuguese. <laughs>
1: yeah. So, <laughs> sure. uh,
0: so there was also that. But I do like that idea of like that he was always inside of him just waiting to come out. Yeah. I think that's really cool.
1: Yeah. I'm just thinking about that now because not how that affects my – understand it of the movie. Because I didn't know that was the director. Yeah. That who we turned in I assumed that was Saint Anthony, like a personification of Saint Anthony or something. I um, mean
0: it it is, but it is also the director. Yes,
1: yes, yes. <laughs> but as
0: I said, like those two stories, the way that he's chosen to put his own story into this movie, they are almost the same person artistically. Yeah. Does that make sense? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm just yeah, you're okay. thinking, you're thinking, The wheels
0: are turning. <laughs> okay, so when we start the movie, <laughs> uh, we have Polly Me in the boat. Well, so his character name is also Fernando, which is St. Anthony's actual name, Fernando. Mm-hmm. So Fernando, I guess, is in this boat bird watching. Best
1: part of the movie. No yeah. joke. This is the <laughs> high- the first 15 minutes is just birds and i fucking loved it Mm -hmm.
0: i'll tell you also the first time i watched this movie i did not know what an ornithologist was so i was like what's the deal with this guy watching all these birds i (laughs) i mean even look this man's obsessed with looking at birds what's his deal (laughs) i get it i but i did google and an ornithologist is a bird watcher
1: (laughs) yes (laughs) <laughs> and go ahead and call me one because I fucking love bird watching. Yeah, I love. I didn't
0: think about that when I suggested this movie. Actually, not until a couple days ago. Then I was like, oh yeah, maybe Kali will like this movie
1: because he likes birds. I love birds.
0: I thought you might hate this movie. Actually,
1: <laughs> there there were moments. I, it was yeah. up and down. There were parts where I was like that I didn't enjoy and there were a lot of Mm -hmm. it was i mostly enjoyed this though and that rocks (laughs) yeah and but the birds seriously and i'm not it's not like oh i just love it because it's birds like no the way these birds are shot yeah it Mm -hmm. is gorgeous and it's so fucking enjoyable i just loved it yeah my notes are like Birds rock, waterfowl is number one, less human, more birds, please. <laughs> I hate Fernando because he's not a bird. Mm-hmm. Anytime mm-hmm. birds aren't on screen, everyone should say, "where birds. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the way that they specifically approached filming the birds and the actors is they wanted the people to have the same importance on screen as the nature. So mm-hmm. that's why we cut so much back to... Birds in Nature, and then cut back to the guy back to the birds back to the guy so they have the same level of importance screen wise mm-hmm. and also just kind of like where they are is so fucking beautiful the cinematography here is incredible
1: outstanding. Um,
0: they had a very long location scouting process because they wanted to be in the wilderness as much as possible so they specifically tried to shoot places where people hadn't been for decades like true wilderness mm. That had never been, there had never been cameras in these places, you know, and something he was thinking about when he was doing that as well was like that this film is set in a place that probably hasn't changed since ancient times, you know, since St. Anthony's time or whatever. And it's kind of wild to think that there are places that have been the same for so long Mm -hmm. he said the landscape belongs to all times and has no time
1: yeah i agree with that that's That's a beautiful sentiment yeah
0: yeah and and yeah i mean it is fucking beautiful everywhere they are in this movie
1: yes i agree especially the opening yeah
0: yeah and how they shoot both from his perspective watching the birds but also from the birds perspective watching him nuts nuts as fuck and cool as hell i loved it
1: yeah <laughs> yeah it, t- it takes you the first time you see it you, it doesn't quite register because you're so used to you know you see those shots in movies a lot when they're in mm-hmm. big open landscapes like this you you do get big you know like drone shots
0: bird's eye view if you will yeah
1: yeah and then second or third time it registers with you because you see the there's a texture difference mm-hmm. to the visual um yeah
0: the way they're lensing is a little different yeah
1: yeah Yeah. Outstanding.
0: yeah and, like, maybe there's some stuff there about, like, it's not only about how you as a human look at nature, but how nature looks at you back.
1: Sure. And
0: yeah. maybe also when it's specifically you're thinking of birds, like, because this movie is so focused on, like, religious context or whatever, you know, the birds are up there in the sky, maybe, like, how God's up there in the sky looking down. I don't know. That could be a thing. Yeah. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. So pretty early on in this movie, he gets a phone call telling him to take his medicine. Yeah. Because of that, pretty much right from the jump, there's some kind of stake there, right? Like of being in nature, if he loses his medicine, something could go wrong. And we're worried about his sort of mortality from the start. Yeah. And I also think looking at how they they did dubs, right? They dubbed all of his voice like i said um i think they did a pretty good job at there's not a ton of dialogue in this anyway but Mm-mm. when he is speaking like the camera doesn't show a lot of his face he's either mm. shown from behind or in shadow or from afar or with a tape recorder cuz yeah. he's tape recording his stuff so like Not a lot of his mouth is shown. I think that that really served the movie, too. If they were going to do dubs, which they did. Yeah. I think that they really did it smartly so that you don't notice. Because I never noticed. Uh, The first time I watched it, I had no idea.
1: I had no (laughs) clue. Yeah. That makes total sense. I mean, I can't imagine the whole film back. But yeah, like those all sound like smart ways to prepare for holy shit the work put into dubbing must have been insane yeah Uh, i mean
0: yeah like i said there's not like a ton of dialogue anyway but yeah to
1: get it to sound right sure
0: yeah so he's watching the birds so hard he gets caught up watching this black stork Mm -hmm. super intensely so hard that he gets overtaken by some rapids We see his kayak flip, yeah, and then we kind of cut away to
1: some women. Yeah, some new not bird characters.
0: Yeah, so like we kind of don't know what's going on with him for a little bit, and we're introduced to these two Asian women hikers. Yep, or they're specifically Chinese women hikers. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One of them's knee is bleeding. Yep, and they do a a blood tasting.
1: Yep, (laughs) I wrote they are gay blood freaks, (laughs) and I was not wrong. (laughs)
0: You're not wrong. The girl freaking gets down, the non-knee-bleeding girl gets yeah. down on her knees to suck the blood out of the knee. Yes. I still, to this day, <laughs> to this moment, don't know why this was happening. Is there a... <laughs> What's the deal?
1: What do you think? They, they Here's the thing. They... Talk about following St. Anthony, and here's where that gets mixed up, is saints in general are not exclusive to the Catholic Church. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are saints in other uh, sects of Catholicism, what have you. These are two Christian girls. They're Christian, potentially Catholic, but they're into like some... uh, I would almost (laughs) wager that they're in like a real small branch, kind of (laughs) hardcore Catholic, like Opus Dei, if you remember that from fucking da no, vinci code never seen it uh well they're super catholics they're hardcore mm-hmm. catholics they like uh, in the book they famously like flogged their own backs for mm, their sins okay so like the thing about these two pilgrims is they are into like not quite voodoo but like mystical it's like catholic mystical mm, mm-hmm. they talk about curses that's not a thing catholics believe in I yeah, I don't know. They're weird characters.
0: I had a couple of thoughts behind these characters. First of all, that they are I think meant to embody the spirit of like Christian hypocrisy. <laughs> like we haven't seen that that much up to this point, but like I mean, they freaking capture and torture this man,
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah. For-
0: And a little bit where they're supposed to be good Christian neighbors, right? If they're good Christian girls. And they're also gay together, which is like (laughs) anti-Christian.
1: Because they are gay blood freaks.
0: They are gay blood freaks. But also, I wondered if there was some kind of subtext to the girls specifically being Chinese because Zhuang Rui, who is... You know, one of the filmmakers grew up Mm. in Macau, which was a Portuguese colony until 1999 when it became a Chinese colony. And they have another movie called The Last Time I Saw Macau. It's like a quasi-documentary, loosely, of him going back to Macau after not having been there since he was a kid, and now everything is Chinese, and nobody even speaks Portuguese. Oh, Um, fuck. But it was a Portuguese place when he grew up there, you know? So it's like... Uh, Just totally been overtaken by Chinese culture. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know if there's like something there, but I just felt like I watched these two movies pretty close to each other. And I was like, it seems like there might be something to them specifically being Chinese.
1: Yeah, no, that that definitely makes sense given the context of... Mm-hmm. his previous movie knowing his his yeah. cultural
0: background like that they kind of I guess in a way they kind of try and take over the quote unquote culture of the main character as well
1: I mean they completely derailed <laughs> his life but I mean it's not like he was really doing great in the first place mm. they did technically save him yeah but then they also guilt him into like leading them somewhere they really get his balls in a bind
0: yeah <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally.
1: I, that, that is a literal note I have. When
0: okay. Yeah, so first of all, they are lost as hell. They're praying in the woods. There's a picture montage in the movie of their girl's trip, mm-hmm. uh, which seems to be actually a device that these filmmakers use pretty regularly is that picture montage scene. So they do eventually stumble upon his body washed up on shore, passed out. Mm -hmm. They CPR him. They seem pretty benevolent at first. Yeah. They give him some strange tea. (laughs) And basically they say they need his help because they're so lost. They need him to walk them to Santiago, Spain on foot, which is, although they are both in the Western coast or whatever, they're pretty far apart. It ain't
1: walking distance.
0: <laughs> it ain't walking distance, no. <laughs> yeah. He's kind of basically like, no. <laughs> uh I'll try and help send you in the right direction, but no. And while they're all chillin' is the first time that we get the hoots and hollers from the woods.
1: At this point when I'm hearing the hoots and hollerins I'm wondering, when are we getting to the bird factory?
0: What's the bird factory?
1: I'm just want- I'm wanting to see more birds.
0: Mm. <laughs> so they say that they think that the hoots and hollers are the devil, to which he replies, there's no such thing as the devil or God. And that's kind of when they find out that he's agnostic, I guess. Yeah. And they don't approve. Also in that scene, there was a really cool usage of shadows, like, do you remember they uh, at some points, the action is the shadows of the guy and the two girls on this big rock just lit by the fire. Okay. It's just their shadows. Yeah. And they kind of cut between that and the actual, you know, people of it all. And first of all, I just think that's cool. It looked cool. <laughs> yeah. But secondly, I was wondering if there was something to that because they use shadows again later in the movie when these guys show up again as well and shadows are a thing in like psychology i don't know if this is a thing it's just kind of a theory sure shadow mind is like your unconscious mind that's supposed to be kind of a link to your more primitive animal instinct so i don't know if there was like they're trying to say something there with that but i can't imagine it's unintentional
1: no i can't uh, imagine
0: there's nothing behind it you know what i mean
1: i mean uh, these are the kind of directors that literally every shot matters yeah oh yeah oh sorry i thought of something in
0: the middle of your sentence (laughs) i forgot to say that a lot of the imagery throughout this movie is in specific reference to specific paintings Mm -hmm. um specific religious paintings and there is a cool video i found online i guess i can put it in the show notes maybe that um has side by sides of shots from the movie and paintings although i Uh, do believe one of them is wrong uh, because i think it's a different painting but (laughs) 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 but i think they're mostly right and uh it's pretty cool video it's like four minutes just that kind of goes on the note of yeah every shot is super intentional yeah so they tell him that they're good christian girls and he has to sleep outside so he does and when he wakes up the man's tied up in some sick bondage ties
1: very complex
0: and he's just in his whitey tighties yeah and one of the first things that happens so he's tied up standing up alone in his whitey tighties the girls are still in the tent probably asleep
1: Mm -hmm.
0: and one of the first things that happens is that he sees that black stork again
1: oh yeah yeah yeah
0: so the boards are back in town
1: (laughs) i did love this yeah Uh, Oh,
0: this was my fave. So we go back and forth between the bird's perspective looking at him and his perspective looking at the bird a couple times. And then he looks down and has sprouted a gigantic boner.
1: (laughs) This movie pushed my limits with
0: (laughs) You didn't love that?
1: No. I surprisingly didn't.
0: You love to see Pipe. (laughs) I do.
1: I famously love to see Pipe. pipe, And I tell you what. (laughs) I, I don't know Wait, if was he Was the, he too hot? Uh, I did not find him hot. Too out of town. skinny. Too skinny. He's not
0: skinny, he's built. He's built like uh, the transporter guy. What's his name?
1: Jason Statham.
0: He's built like Jason Statham.
1: Well, just like Jason Statham, this guy needs to just accept that he's going bald.
0: You love bald guys.
1: He, yeah, I love bald, bald guys. I love <laughs> bald guys. This guy is a coward. <laughs> What we in the bald community call a coward, Fernando, the actor, <laughs> Mark Emmy or something, Paul Emi, Paul Emi, coward, shave it off. I don't,
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't feel like he's he doesn't seem that bald in real life.
1: No, no, he's, he's got a fine head of hair. I think.
0: Uh huh. He's also um... a male model, by the way.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, he is hot. I just didn't. Uh, I'm looking at <laughs> pictures of him now. I don't know. I didn't find him hot in this movie.
0: I can't believe that. I'm so surprised.
1: <laughs> I didn't... I never registered to me while I'm watching this that, like, I don't know, none of these people, the entire movie, none of these people was, I like, oh, yeah, even later.
0: Yeah. I, I would, don't know. Well, there's not that many people in the movie anyways, no. like f- five cast members altogether. together. But, uh, I mean, I think Paul Amy is objectively an attractive man. He He's obviously a model. Yes. And... Something that's funny is that these guys have another movie, one of their earlier movies, O Phantasma, that is all about a gay guy who has like casual sex constantly. Mm-hmm. And if you look at the reviews on that movie, they're all like, how come the guy from The Ornithologist was so hot, but the guy <laughs> from this movie is ugly?
1: <laughs>
0: Basically... <laughs> <laughs> Damn, drag. They're just like, unlike the ornithologist of Paul A. Me, this man is ugly. <laughs> like, <laughs> It's yeah, so rude. <laughs> that's the difference. Oh, should say the filmmakers are also, uh, they're fam, they're gay. Okay,
1: that makes more sense. <laughs> yeah. Because I did not know- well, we'll get to it. Never mind.
0: Yeah, we'll get to it. <laughs> <laughs> this is like literally bondage porn. He's all tied up in those ropes like a bondage porn. He's got a big old bony in there. Yeah. Trying to struggle himself free and just muscles, you know, rippling here and there. It truly like the scene's probably on Pornhub. I wouldn't be surprised.
1: <laughs> you know, I just did. Maybe I was straight. I was cis blinded or something. And I was just like. <laughs> I was just watching it. I was like, "Is t- why we why are we hanging out on this?" I was like, <laughs>
0: "That's uh, this one's for the boys." You know what I mean?
1: And I was just like, "Why <laughs> cut to him getting out of here? What are we doing hanging out? <laughs> we got birds to see." <laughs> Golly's too straight for the film. <laughs> it did okay. Uh, I uh, I gotta hold back. Keep going. Keep going.
0: okay so a full day passes they go back to sleep he can't sleep because he's tied up standing up he tries to but it's a whole thing Mm -hmm. and eventually he does wriggle out yeah sneaks around gathering his stuff and he does overhear the girls saying tomorrow he'll get what he deserves we'll castrate him so he's getting out just in the nick of time because they were gonna chop those little nuggets off one of the first things he does after Escaping is Mm -hmm. have diarrhea. (laughs) My man shits. (laughs) Oh boy.
1: Yeah, I bet you felt seen by this. Yeah. (laughs) Oh boy.
0: We love a diarrhea scene. And I don't know if that's from the tea. Or it could be from whatever disease he has or his withdrawal from his meds. And does he have, what are his meds? IBS meds? I don't know. Like maybe he's an IBS king uh, you know, having diarrhea. <laughs>
1: I feel like if you are, and I, I look, I, I think hiking and camping are very cool. I, yeah. I enjoy both. But I feel like if you're in the woods more than three or four days, you just, yeah. you get diarrhea. You, That's just probably happens. fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Although it does seem like, so- I would think being in the woods for extended periods of time the reason you would get diarrhea is because you're surviving off the wilderness yeah, whatever yeah. the the fruits and things it's mm-hmm. too much but it does seem like up into this point he still has people food like he still has like some a bag of granola or something yeah, that he's yeah. eating and stuff like that so I don't feel like he would be to the point of like eating too many apples diarrhea yet but it could also be stress could be any number of things. It
1: also doesn't.
0: Lord knows, matter. we don't know yeah. what's going on down there. <laughs> Let's spend seven minutes deciding why he has diarrhea. Yeah, very <laughs>
1: okay.
0: That's how you know this is my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, so now that he's ta- had time to um, sort of take stock of. Where he's at and what's going on. He has no map. He doesn't have his medicine. And we do see a text from Sergio. We're assuming his boyfriend or husband. He yeah. does have a wedding ring, so probably husband. We see some text from him saying, Don't forget your medicine. I like you better alive, smiley face. <laughs> yeah. So the stakes continue. <laughs> what are you chuckling? The stakes continue. The stakes continue. We're worried about his mortality.
1: I was not worried about this guy. (laughs) I was like- just
0: know if he doesn't take his medicine, something bad could happen to him.
1: Look, by the point the bondage happens, I was Mm -hmm. like, I think at that point I knew, like, yeah, this is a weird movie. Yeah. And so I was like, mortality, mortality. This guy, (laughs) we need to, like, is he- alive now (laughs) is is any of this real Mm,
0: yeah so once he takes stock of you know he has no phone signal no map Very little supplies, no medicine. Yeah. We just kind of get a while of him kind of hanging in nature, sort of defeated. What am I going to do next? Yeah. And actually, while they were scouting locations for this movie, the car broke down in the middle of the wilderness. And the director mentioned just having that feeling that nature is kind of stronger than you think it is. It's a little stronger than you, maybe. Sure.
1: It always (laughs) is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And like... It's not something you really have to take that much stock of until you're in the middle of the wilderness, alone, your only transportation breaks down, you know, uh, sort of thing. And then suddenly you get that feeling like, yeah, this world is stronger than me. (laughs) I don't know. Just kind of cool and something to think about. And I think something he tried to also put into this movie once he felt it, you know. And I think you kind of get that here when he's sitting there with no... supplies (laughs) supplies yeah. <laughs> just kind of like i'm in this world with nothing to eat don't know where i am can't call anybody kind of shit yeah totally so right after this he stumbles on a site where uh he says a strange ritual took place <laughs> and that's when he finds his id with the eyes burnt out
1: oh yeah an empty
0: backpack the other half of the boat and uh some trees with balloons on them. it's a whole scene there yeah and his phone still isn't working he finally finds the beach where he started but all of his stuff is gone, including his car. And so it's just getting like more and more hopeless, kind of. Yeah, yeah. There's even a helicopter for a minute that he can't catch, <laughs> you know? So yeah, it's just more and more hopeless for a while. And so it's one of these nights when he's camping that he starts to see the silhouettes on the tent of the demon guys and the fire screaming, hooting and hollering. Mm-hmm. So these guys are, let's see if I can say this, Cariettos. Carietos. Carrito tradition is a Celtic religious ritual that is still practiced in some regions of Portugal. These are masked young men who dress in suits made of colorful fringe wool quilts wearing brass leather or wooden masks and rattles in their belts Mm. and they go out during the week of ash wednesday so they normally go out on shrove tuesday which i guess is the day before ash wednesday mardi
1: gras fat tuesday yeah
0: yeah all that and they go out on the prior sunday they appear in groups from every corner of the village running and shouting hooting and hollering as they say and they I mean me,
1: yeah. um,
0: frightening people, robbing wineries, and they also target single girls in a fertility ritual, which you can maybe imagine what that cool. might mean. Uh, it's a sort of initiation for unmarried boys. So once you're married, you no longer get to participate. And uh, during these <laughs> celebrations, they can pretty much go crazy and do whatever they want. <laughs> cool. Sounds and, great. Yeah, so João Pedro was inspired by westerns that he would watch when he was young Mm -hmm. in the thought of bringing these guys into this movie. He thought that they would kind of resemble indians in yeah. westerns with their rituals that the white characters don't understand and think are scary right
1: <laughs> yeah now that you bring that up the even the way it's shot is very western yeah. this scene is like from a western yeah almost yeah
0: it does feel that until way. we get to the piss <laughs> yeah so he's just kind of spying on what they're doing trying not to be seen he doesn't know if they're dangerous or what and one of them splits from the group and goes up onto a cliff, which is right above him, and pees. And pees directly on him, but he can't move.
1: <laughs> okay. So
0: he just get peed. He'd get you peed on. He
1: basks in it. He doesn't try and He has shift. a full
0: golden shower. He doesn't try You think try that's another sh- porno thing?
1: <laughs> I,
0: at this point, I Are was like. Are they exploring like, their kinks? <laughs> I was just like, what the fuck?
1: Basking in the full piss is a weird move.
0: I think he was too scared to make a noise. These guys seem really in tune with the nature and stuff. Like here in a minute, they like hear a pig from across the way. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: but like he doesn't even like grip up against the wall or like shift his torso to any side or like move his <laughs> neck out of the way. He just like it's going on his. What if he crunched forehead. a leaf
0: or something? They're so close. They could okay. just kill him.
1: Okay. You can literally tilt your head and not make noise. (laughs) My man, like turns into it. He's like, oh, it's piss bath. Oh no! He had a little golden shower. He did, and I honestly, like, earnestly questioned if he enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, and maybe he did. I mean, we already saw him do bondage porn, and the bondage porn was also supposed to be like a torturous device for him, right? But. It oh, is yeah. pornographic imagery.
1: This is porn. Yeah, getting pissed on is pornographic.
0: I mean, to some people, yeah. I mean, so is, you know, bondage to some people. That's it's what not I'm to saying.
1: Everybody. Yeah. yeah. We, got, we got through lines.
0: Okay. Oh my God. Yeah. Holy shit. And
1: including <laughs> what the next thing is, they're all like sexual taboos.
0: Oh. Okay. Wow. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the next scene, he wakes up on the beach by a dog, looks up and sees. A boy sucking a goat's tit.
1: Sucking on a goat titty.
0: <laughs> Which, yeah, bestiality. Yep, exactly. Wow. This is a breakthrough. <laughs>
1: yeah, just
0: incredible. depicting
1: sexual taboos.
0: Yeah, that rocks. And that goes back to that, what did we say? The intersection between the sacred and the profane. Yeah. That's so cool. And, of course, the guy sucking the goat's tit. Is Jesus.
1: (laughs) We find out before that that he's deaf. Yes. And the moment that I found out he was deaf, I just wrote, Swear to God if he fucks this deaf guy.
0: (laughs) Why? Why did that bum you out?
1: I don't know. I was just... Because he seemed Callie so... was being so straight today. I know.
0: <laughs> he seems so
1: mean to Jesus.
0: Well, I think the thing was, at first he thinks that Jesus is a hearing person. So he's approaching him as a hearing person. Agre-
1: yes, yes, yes. And Jesus
0: doesn't know what's going on because he's not a hearing person. Yes. So it just causes like a lot of tension to rise really quickly because it's like, why aren't you listen to me? Like, t- say something, you mm-hmm, know? Mm-hmm. But... Uh, but it's just a misunderstanding. And once he realizes, oh, you're just deaf, like then, you know, the tension's calm. But yeah, there was some tension at first and there yeah. will be again.
1: <laughs> oh my god.
0: But they're they're nice for a while, they're friendly for a while. They splish splash. They splish splash. Um Jesus gets him a potato question mark out of his bag. I don't know what that was. Yeah, it looked like a potato.
1: Both of their penises and they go in the water. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah, they get butt ass naked. They lay on the beach and sun soak, sprawled out naked. Yep. Just beautiful nude out in the sun. Two boys being dudes.
1: <laughs> I was I was sick of looking at dick at this point.
0: <laughs> well, those are the first dicks in the movie. The first naked ones, aren't they?
1: They're long shots, though. We get long <laughs> hanging out, laying on the beach.
0: So when they're laid out naked, we see the return of the black stork, Mm -hmm. which we know is a bird that gets the man, Randy. So (laughs) he starts spooning with Jesus, which actually St. Anthony is usually depicted in artwork spooning a baby Jesus. So that there (laughs) is a reference to some artwork. Hell yeah. Why are you chuckling?
1: You said baby Jesus.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, it usually is baby Jesus. Yeah,
1: so I'm just picturing. It makes no
0: sense in an artistic context either because he lived after Jesus. So it's Uh, like, yeah who knows what's going on here. (laughs) I'm just picturing
1: this character if this character were a baby baby named Jesus.
0: Well, in a way, you can think of him as a baby because he's like, that's
1: rude. (laughs) <laughs> no like that's actually so- no like I think
0: they say he's like deaf and dumb or yes. whatever yeah that you know? is what In the director ways, intends. he is yeah infantile
1: yeah mm-hmm. not great but like that's that's how he's depicted as like a helpless baby a helpless
0: yeah. baby yeah
1: a helpless horny baby
0: a helpless horny baby <laughs> so <laughs> what's his name Fernando is the uh, big spoon if you will and mm-hmm. the spoon only gets bigger. <laughs> they start making out, rolling around. It's like a pebble beach. It's not a sand beach, it's... and they're getting little pebbles all over the cheeks. I mean, that's you why... gotta imagine.
1: That was my yeah. realist. That like I, I was like, come on, towel, please. <laughs> Think of your poor butthole. <laughs> Think of your roll. Like... <laughs> all the little shifts you have to do while you're, I know, and in- doing intercourse, yeah, not on a beach,
0: not on a pebble beach, not on a pebble well, beach I guess at not all. on any beach. Sand beach has got to <sighs> probably also be pretty bad. I just, yeah, but you can see them when they're rolling around with like a thousand little pebbles and dirt things like stuck to their buns. And yeah, shit.
1: it looked like in deathmatch wrestling when someone lands in tacks and they roll mm. over and there's tacks on their back. It's they're boning, except it's little pebbles that's bad this is stupid
0: (laughs) (laughs) so they got rocks in all the crevies and they do sex and when they're getting their clothes back on jesus has fernando's shirt that gets fernando worked up because all of his stuff is missing right so it's like where did you get my shirt Mm -hmm. do you have my other things namely he's looking for his medicine but he gets so worked up about trying to find the things and the boy doesn't understand because he's deaf. And so he thinks he's being threatened. He gets out a knife. They kind of roll around and the boy rolls onto the knife. Yeah. And passes away. Yeah. Right after they've had this beautiful
1: moment. Yeah. It's really comes out of nowhere. Yeah. Total just tone change. It's just a, like
0: that escalated quickly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and there's also something interesting I noticed is the placement of where he is stabbed. Yeah. Is uh, very reminiscent of where Jesus Christ famously was <clears throat> was stabbed while he was nailed to the cross by Roman soldiers. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like, okay, yeah, you put in a little something for the Catholics. Jesus got <laughs> stabbed there too, and this character's named Jesus.
0: <laughs> and that, of course, comes back into play later in the movie as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, fuck. This is where, I mean, things progressively go off the rails. Mm-hmm. But this is like another notable like link lost in tether to reality. A reality that we would comprehend yeah. or understand.
0: Yeah, because at first he just is like a normal guy out for a day with the birds right and now suddenly he's like first of all committing adultery maybe Mm -hmm. but then secondly murder i mean he's going through all the big ones right don't
1: forget that he was bondaged and pissed on
0: yeah but yeah but being in bondage and being pissed on aren't like sins
1: oh being pissed on is a mortal sin
0: (laughs) 10 commandments or whatever
1: It's, if you actually look back, the original translation of the ninth commandment is uh, it's actually, it actually pertains to getting pissed on. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, just God didn't like it. <laughs>
0: so he takes the shirt off of this dead body washes it and puts it on, takes a whistle. And he goes off again, you know, into the woods and stumbles upon a couple of abandoned little houses with a bunch of broken religious statues inside. Yeah. I don't really know what those were supposed to be.
1: It wasn't any specific aspect of Catholicism or faith that I particularly understood, like, or could relate to. This is just a weird further of... I don't know. It's just weird. It's a weird montage. <laughs> I don't I really don't know what it was, this you know, ten minute scene.
0: At some point he does pull out his tape recorder and realizes that the girls had recorded over all of his bird watching stuff yeah. as well. So even what little of his trip he did have has been erased. Yeah. And more more and more of him becomes erased as the movie goes on. We see more of this owl follows him around, a lot of the movie watching him. We get some back and forth with him in the owl. And at some point in the night, he wakes up with a dove in the tent who maybe has a broken wing. Doves are a big thing in religious imagery, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. They're fucking everywhere.
0: And when he wakes up, the dove is out and isn't hurt. He's flying around. When we get the dove's perspective on him in the morning is actually the first time that we see him played by Joao.
1: Oh, It's okay. just
0: a split. Like, it just happens for a second because when we cut back to his perspective, he's normal again. He's probably mm-hmm. me. So I think you even, you kind of have to really be paying attention to even catch it weirdly, even though it's like a totally different guy. Yeah. But I thought it was interesting. And it's interesting when you think of, uh, so starting around a little before this time, when we start to get a lot of birds watching him a lot You have to think of, like, his whole job as an ornithologist, right, is to observe birds' behaviors and evolutionary development. Yeah. And now the birds are kind of also observing his behaviors and evolutionary development. And the more and more this dove and this owl keep watching him, because they keep popping up around here, the more and more... Quickly, he's evolving until eventually he actually fully evolves into a totally different guy physically and spiritually, I guess. Yeah. But I just think it's interesting how they kind of traded roles a little bit. Him and the birds.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I didn't think about that.
0: The Observer becomes the Observed.
1: Is that your Werner Herzog? (laughs) I don't know.
0: I don't know who that was. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes i just be pulling out shit. Uh, I realized earlier today that I've been doing a reference to David S. Pumpkins for a long time and did not know that that's what I was referencing. (laughs) What were you doing?
1: I wonder if David S. Pumpkins is so funny. Any questions? Yeah.
0: (laughs) You ever just do a reference so long that you kind of forget where it even came from, or don't even know? Oh yeah, yeah. Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> so after this, when he carries on, he's in the woods with all these taxidermied animals everywhere, and we're getting lots of creature noises, but none of these creatures that we're seeing are alive. Yeah, I don't really know what that's about necessarily.
1: All taxidermied.
0: Yeah, there's like lions,
1: giraffes, wolves, etc. We've t- we've fucking we've been to the pond at this point, right? Is this the pond?
0: No. <laughs>
1: what the fuck? We're almost there. <laughs> well, it makes sense with the goddamn pond.
0: <laughs> okay, should I get us to the pond? Yeah,
1: get us, keep us going.
0: Okay, so he keeps hiking. The dove finds him again. He throws his phone at the dove. That's when he finds the human skull.
1: Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Right next to his medicine. I think after this. This is when he goes to the river, dumps all his medicine, throws all his identifying documents and keys into the river. Taylor Swift, the old me has died moment. (laughs) And, And yeah, and that's when the koi fish are there that he dreamed about. But yeah, he preaches to the fish.
1: Yeah, he talks about specific to Noah's Ark, talks about flooding and living during a flood. And the only reason that makes sense in regards to all the other animals Again, I don't know if this means shit, but, like, in a flood, all of those animals would be dead, right? Those are all land Mm -hmm. mammals. Birds, they were flying. The bird was alive. Bird would live through a flood. But all those animals would die in a flood. Mm. Eh, The koi would live through a flood. I don't know if it means anything, but... That's the vibe of this movie. It's just like, does that mean something? Or.
0: Okay, yeah. So we're saying, like, sort of in this world is having a little flood moment right now. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so all those animals that he passed, yeah, that's why they're taxidermied and not living. And the yeah. only living animals we see are birds and fish. Bingo. Interesting. This is also a reference to a specific story of saint anthony preaching to the fish Mm -hmm. basically people weren't listening to him preach so he went down to the shore and started to preach at the water's edge until a great crowd of fish was seen gathered before him and uh all the people of the town flocked to see all these fish looking at him preach To which he replied, the fish are more receptive to my message than y'all, basically. And then they finally would listen to him preach. There are so (laughs) many
1: fucking stories in Catholicism that are that exact same bullshit, just in different forms. It's just like, sounds like none of you are listening to the gospel. Ever heard of it, folks? It's just like every saint dies. These fish
0: are open to Jesus's message, okay? Why aren't you?
1: Yeah. Every saint dies because they were like they're all missionaries, so they all like go to non-Christian places and are like, "Hey, if you don't follow this, you're going to fucking die, you monsters." And then yeah. the natives kill the saint and like saints like, "All right, bye. Guess you're not ready for this." The fish are though. It's stupid. <laughs> Shut the fuck up.
0: And after this is when he also burns off his fingerprints.
1: That was pretty badass.
0: Fully wilderness boy now. Yeah. Right after that is when we get the three topless horseback hunter ladies riding up, which is also a reference to a specific painting, Diana by Theodore Bonenberger.
1: Um, (laughs) I know. (laughs) Bonenberger? Yeah. (laughs) Hell yeah.
0: So it's hard to know what's reality at this point in time.
1: Yeah, because that would never happen.
0: (laughs) Well, yeah, that would never happen. Also, the way he plays with where this movie is set in time is kind of interesting, too. And I think he uses time periods, time pieces, uh, references to specific things kind of in the same way that we saw in The Love Witch. So, these women who are on horseback speak Latin, but they're also wearing like contemporary trousers and footwear, but they're also using bows and arrows. Like, they're kind of time wise all over the board. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, it's kind of unclear where we are in time ever. And this movie also only one cell phone. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so I think he uses time stuff in an artistic way as well. Yeah. Just kind of cool. And so, yeah, these ladies are hunting an antelope, we think. But then they shoot this man in the tummy and do a warrior pound on the chest. But then he wakes up and they say, oh, you were just sleeping out here. So maybe that was a little dream. Yep. We don't really know what's going on here, I think.
1: (laughs) Yep. I wrote, this is too hard for me to get. (laughs) At this point, I'm just in full like, all right, let's see where this goes. Because I, I don't mm-hmm. I don't anything can happen
0: now. yeah and they do ask him like, do you want us to take you somewhere? And he says no yeah he is like fully letting go more and more of his uh normal self, I guess sure and um, you know evolving And when they're talking, we see the dove again and the woman says he's waiting for you, Anthony. He says, but my name's Fernando and she says, have a good day, Anthony. So it is kind of like, He's Antonio now, right? <laughs> <laughs> when we get the dove's perspective again, he's Joao. So he's changed again. So we're kind of getting flashes of Joao coming out or or St. Anthony or whatever you want to say, <laughs> coming out from inside of him. And moments later, he's fully Joao. That's when he finds the dead Carrieto with a stab hole in his stomach in the same position that we saw earlier. And he fingers that stab hole, Ugh, which hate. is also... <laughs> It's a reference to a specific painting, The Incredulity of St. Thomas by Caravaggio. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah.
1: very famously in the Bible, after Jesus was resurrected, all of his apostles were hyped as fuck except Thomas, who didn't believe it could happen. That's where the phrase doubting Thomas comes from. And when he finally came face to face with Jesus, Jesus said, I'm real, look at me, put your basically like finger me wounds, matey. (laughs) Uh, finger,
0: finger my hole.
1: Yeah, I'm basically asking him to get, like, <laughs> see this thing in my side, see my stigmatas. Like, yeah, and you know what? Every now and then, like, <laughs> a Saw-type movie will do something like this, where they uh-huh. have a close-up of someone, like, sticking their finger or something into a wound like this. And in-
0: Into someone else's hole.
1: Yeah, it, I don't like, it's just very, I get it is uns- purposefully unsettling, but...
0: There was a big scene like that in Stranger Things.
1: Yeah, yeah. I hate that shit.
0: Yeah, it's nasty. And when he takes the mask off, it looks like Jesus. Yep. And he gets CPR'd back to life, at which point we find out that it's not Jesus, but it's Thomas, Jesus's twin, who can speak now. Well, could always speak. Maybe he's his twin. And claims to have died last night playing with knives with my friends. (laughs) Same The boy's basically like, why'd you resurrect me and not my brother? Mm -hmm. St. Anthony, a.k.a. Fernando Evolved, basically says when the spirit inhabits you, it changes you and you have to let it. And I'm here to prove that I'm no longer the man I used to be. And I'm here to right the wrong that I committed in killing your brother. Yeah. And this is also all happening during a lunar eclipse.
1: Yes. I I don't know what that means. (laughs) I don't know. You don't know what a lunar eclipse is? I, I know what it is, but like...
0: Oh. Lunar Eclipse kind of signify a time to embrace endings and let go of things that are no longer serving you. This scene really is the end of what was left of Fernando and the beginning of what's going to be St. Anthony.
1: New Year, New Me.
0: Yeah. New Year, New Me. Exactly. We do see Thomas mm-hmm. cut his neck.
1: Fernando's neck. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's kind of both of their neck because they're the same person and it cuts back and forth between their faces. We have some crazy oh, smoke yeah, effects. Yeah. Yeah. They did. Yeah. So I think that that is like the final death of the old hymn mm-hmm. to where now he's just going to be the new hymn, St. Anthony. After death, mm-hmm. we see him and Tomas walking down the street. They finally get to the city. They're walking down the street. They see the Chinese girls on the other side of the road mm-hmm. who say, hello, Ant- Antonio, finally you found your path. And yeah. uh, the, the two boys hold hands and walk down
1: the road. They're heading into uh, Padua. So yeah. famously, St. Anthony is... St. Anthony of Padua. hmm Stupid. <laughs> Stupid saints. I hate them.
0: Stupid saints, but ending of the movie, what's your thoughts?
1: I mean, it, it's coherent in a sense. Mm-hmm. This movie does have the the themes are the through line. Uh, the yeah. vibes are the through line. And, I guess uh, if you're
0: thinking of it as his autobiographical story as well, then it is also like the guy who played Fernando... Was the young ornithologist him, right? And once he evolves, then he is now grown him, both metaphorically and physically. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And this movie
0: is about his journey to growing into him as well. Definitely. So at the end of the movie, he's him.
1: Yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, the ending's solid. It wraps it up nicely. That's it. What do you want from me?
0: <laughs> so what are we going to rate this out of five? We've rolled the creds.
1: Roll creds. I have an interesting issue. With this movie hmm. that only spurned up because of this podcast of this recording
0: Oh no what
1: there's so much of this movie that makes it so much more interesting like so much of this movie and it ma- it makes it make sense if you do all of this background research. Mm-hmm. It is a movie that is made for you in the sense that there is a buttload of research to be done <laughs> and it informs so much of the movie and yeah. I think that is very cool. It's it's like putting Easter eggs out for people and and for for someone who who is excite who is into doing research about movies and really getting into the nitty gritty of it. That's outstanding. Me personally, I don't love that. It's <laughs> yeah. a little like, uh, no, this is this is your art. Like this is your chance to get things across to me. Don't give me home. I don't. I'm not going to do homework.
0: But also, I don't think that there was much that you felt like you were missing. Like, you didn't know what you didn't know. No, you know no, what I mean? not at all. It certainly adds a lot to know, but without knowing, I still think the movie's enjoyable. Like, I didn't oh, know all this the first time I watched it. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. It does not detract anything for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just, I'm sitting with it now and I'm just kind of like, I don't You're know. overwhelmed by it all. <laughs> I, t- I, t- I wouldn't say I'm overwhelmed as much as I, I don't know why my feeling is like anger at it. <laughs> uh because i i guess because i'm reading it as like kind of exclusionary but it's not because it's not necessary it doesn't matter it's fine uh i give it three and a half stars baby i like this movie
0: okay I am going to go four and a half. Hell yeah. I love this movie. I loved it the first time I watched it when I knew none of this shit, and I loved it again the second time I bought it on DVD because I love it and I want to watch it more times. I find it just so... I find it so pleasant to watch.
1: Really? Yeah. <laughs> I would... That, wow. I. It's so chill. <laughs> almost everything you've said about that this movie, I'm like... Yeah, I can't disagree. Like it is, it's incredibly like beautiful. Blah blah blah. This is not like a chill Sunday. Oh, it's just like an easy day, man. We're gonna hang out, watch this guy get tied up in bondage, get pissed mm-hmm. on, fucking. Yeah. In. Like there are aspects, there are times in the movie that are chill. I love it. The last third of the, the of the movie though is like it's a train going off the rails. <laughs>
0: No, I love it. I mean, I think it's yeah. yeah, it's not only gorgeous. I've already said I love these movies with this like sort of meditative pacing where you get to exist with the character and kind of just just vibing with the character yeah. for a while. I think that rocks. The art of it, I mean, just all of it, it's really beautiful. And then there's just gorgeous. there's you know some queer aspects. Obviously, that's uh, of my interests. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and being like a little fucked up also of my interest yeah i I just really enjoy this movie (laughs) hell yeah four and a half all right would we recommend i say yes obviously
1: uh i would say yes you're getting into some you're going on a ride Uh like it's a lot
0: i think it's just a beautiful movie to take in yeah it is yeah a lot of care in it i love it okay now it's time for screen vomit Okay, what else have we been watching? Kali, what you watching?
1: Well, I'm back on my ish. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm back watching Criterion-ish. Okay. Uh, after completely falling off. But I watched uh, The Insect Woman from 1963. You know what? It was real weird. Man, I don't know why I wanted to even bring it up. I don't know if I'd recommend watching it. <laughs> it's weird. It's brutal. It's sad. It was good. It was three stars. I watched the seventh seal directed by ingmar bergman from 1957 and that baby is some good shit i love it it is oh, yeah. a lot of white dude philosophy bullshit about <laughs> god and not like questioning the existence of god and coping with mortality you love that shit oh yeah but it's outstanding Ooh. like I, I posters scary it's not scary. It, it does look scary. It stars uh, Max von Sandow, or Sidao, rather, who you will know from many things. Seventh Seal is fucking outstanding, though. If, if If you know, you know. If you've seen Bill and Ted's bogus journey, you will have an extra connection to it, as I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay <laughs> uh yeah Villain ted's excellent or villain Bo- ted's bogus journey the sequel to bill and ted's excellent adventure took uh influence from the seventh seal
0: <laughs> you know i don't think i've ever seen an ingmar bergman movie at all
1: this is my second one and I, I love this shit i'm going hard on bergman
0: i mean i know he's like one of the most like he's a very revered director yeah right? yeah some of his movies have been on my list never yeah. done yeah anyway <laughs> what's next
1: <laughs> aguirre aguirre <laughs> The Wrath of God, directed by Vanner Herzog, from 1972. Mm. This movie is Fine. upsetting. This is <laughs> an upsetting movie uh, that is, it's bopping, it's like 90 some minutes, uh-huh. 93 minutes. It's a quick one, but it's like all about fucking Spanish conquistadors in the mountains of Peru, like on a fruitless miss- mission to find El Dorado, and there's just so much death And slavery and like my man loves some dark topics. Yes, like Mm -hmm. any Herzog movie, it 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 is outstanding and just so dark as
0: hell and depressing. (laughs)
1: It's it's so much. It weighs so heavily. Okay. Mm -hmm. The other night, Lindsay and I popped on a movie called Grand Isle from 2019, starring Nick Cage.
0: I'm listening. This is Nick Cage
1: doing just like this. Shoots how many days? Can we, you know, shorten it down a little bit if I go nuttier? Uh, <laughs> he looks rough just... on the poster. <laughs> and the other, the thing is, though, the movie, pretty good. The ending, kind of wonky. Not like it doesn't stick the landing perfectly. But overall, mm-hmm. it is far better than it has any right to be. I think it is better if you enjoy Wild Nick Cage.
0: I mean, who doesn't? If you oh, like Nick Cage, come on. Like, I have
1: these two coworkers who are like, "Ugh, Nick Cage. He, any Nick Cage movie, he's always just overacting. Blah blah blah." I'm like, "Yeah, that's the fun part. Are you guys morons?" Um, <laughs> yeah, he's he's nutty as fucking this. He's got a, a a wandering accent. I loved it. <laughs> Beautiful. All right. And finally, uh, yesterday I watched another round. Uh, 2020 mm, okay, film with uh, Mads Mikkelsen mm-hmm. about four high school teachers launch a drinking experiment upholding a constant low level of intoxication.
0: And what do you think? As
1: someone who doesn't drink and has a bad relationship with alcohol, it's fine now. Uh, I fucking loved it. I adored this movie. Really? It goes so much more beyond... Gl- it's not glorification of alcohol. I didn't read it as that. I read mm. it as, one, I miss hanging out with my friends so much. Because the fun that these, like, four friends have together just, like, pallying around these, like, four guys in their, you know, late 30s, early 40s. Guys being dudes. I love it. I just, (laughs) and it reminded me, it made me really look back upon my own, like, fun drunken nights in my, like, early Mm -hmm. 20s, late teens, early 20s, and, like. Those rules.
0: You mean you're over twenty one ages? Oh yeah, those ones too.
1: But like, holy shit! Like my twenty second birthday, which you were at, mm. a fun night, just going to bars, walking around streets, having a having a nice relaxing, not relaxing, but just having like, I don't know, a, a young innocent time. It felt like, yeah. Um, and I we feel this. We can have movie... young
0: innocent times again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I feel this movie capture, captured it very well. It's very fun. Mm. It's very sweet and endearing. And it's uh, all, then it's genuine is how I'd ca- classify it. Outstanding. That's cool.
0: I thought about, um, you know, somebody suggested that we put that on our list. And I said no because,
1: <laughs> because sure. of
0: both of our relationships with alcohol. Yeah. I didn't think it would be maybe something that we would enjoy. Although I did hear... Good things about it, I you know, yeah, a lot yeah. of people have a different relationship with alcohol than either of us do. Yeah, so uh, that's cool to hear that it actually that doesn't matter. It's yeah.
1: interesting. Like, if it were made in America, it would suck. This movie mm. would totally yeah. suck. It's all because. Yeah, I
0: guess that makes sense, just because of the American relationship with alcohol versus a lot of other places.
1: And like, that's not to say these guys don't get rowdy and like you know belligerently drunk and get hurt and stuff like that happens but it's not i don't know it's not fucking ashton kutcher or like Tour- <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad weird example <laughs> uh, if they made a drunk movie it'd the be only like boy you
0: can think of
1: <laughs> seth rogan is, is the weed guy so who's the drunk guy <laughs> it's like they did this with like jason sudeikis <laughs> and owen wilson who's the
0: guy from american pie Oh my God, Jason Biggs? No, (laughs) Stiffler.
1: Sean William Scott. I love him. Sean William
0: Scott. I just watched... Well, we'll get to it. I just watched a movie he was in, but...
1: (laughs) Highly recommend another round. What have you been watching?
0: Oh, it's my turn now? Yeah. Okay, so I actually weirdly listed mine in ascending order from... Starting from the one I enjoyed watching the least to most. (laughs) So this week... For my 90s horror club, we watched Final Destination, the original.
1: (laughs) Hell yeah, baby.
0: (laughs) Obviously holds a lot of nostalgia for me, but as far as like, is it a quote unquote good movie? Like, you know, no, probably not. (laughs) Uh, It leaves a lot of uh, questions unanswered, you know, but they really went for it. And uh, I still love it. It doesn't really matter if it's good or not. It's... So nostalgic for me. I loved those movies when I was younger, and I remember so many of the death scenes so vividly. Even though I hadn't rewatched that for like fifteen something years, mm-hmm. still fun. So whatever.
1: Fun. <laughs> You're dead. You're all dead. And then the train rolls over runs <laughs> yeah. over the metal sheet. Oh. Uh, that
0: movie invented the the shock death. You know,
1: <laughs> the, it's like out of nowhere, <laughs> like. For never making a movie better than three stars in, like, a six-film series, they made a huge impact.
0: They did. That's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, we've talked about before, like, how I don't remember. I've seen so many movies in my life. I don't remember that many specific scenes like that. But no. I remember a lot of the deaths specifically from the Final Destination series Yeah. all these years later. And I think that that has to say something. You Big know.
1: ups to the final and You got Ally Larder in it.
0: Uh, notorious racist, yeah. Oh, is she
1: notoriously <laughs> racist?
0: She got a black guy fired off of a show she was on because she refused to uh, have sex with him or whatever, or like to be ah. romantically involved with his character because he was black. Ah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm saying you got Devin Sawa. Okay, <laughs>
1: okay shut the hell up. <laughs> You're always talking about Devin Sawa.
0: Yeah. And what about it? <laughs> <laughs> Young Devin Sawa. The man's changed these days. But
1: Has he came up on my Twitter. I don't
0: remember. He doesn't look a thing like he used to. Oh, I don't you know really what's happening. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Did you know? Okay, side note. They made SLC Punk 2 in 2016. I had no idea. You had Crowd no crowdfunded. Seriously? No. How did I not know about this?
1: Uh yeah, it was a everyone everyone on Facebook was just like, "Ugh, do you see that there's they're going to make it like I think it was maybe uh crowdsourced, crowd-funded or it something." It was, yeah. And yeah. people kept sharing the link just being like Why the fuck are they doing this?
0: (laughs) It has terrible reviews. But I think I have to watch it now.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, but like
0: I didn't know it existed. What? I was just like, what's he up to these days? Look at his thing and it's like SLC Punk two. What? Yeah, town. The man stayed busy though. He's acting and shit all the time. D saw?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I don't know what, but he's got shit on his IMDB for every year, so. (laughs) Good for him. Yeah. Okay, number two. I watched this movie, Parting Glances, which is a uh, a gay 80s movie. It has gay mm. 80s Buscemi, Steve Buscemi playing okay. a gay man in the 80s. His character has AIDS. It's kind of like a, a, a romance story. Buscemi, I mean, Chef's Kiss, he made the movie for me. The rest of it was a little flat, I think. Yeah. And there was really, the ending was just kind of abrupt. There's no resolution. So mm-hmm. overall, as a movie, it's not great, but I loved Buscemi in it. Uh, parting glances okay number three i watched the movie mommy 2014
1: oh movie. hell yeah Have i haven't you seen? seen it no no on the list okay. for a long time though
0: yeah it was on my list for a long time too very cool stylistic choices the mm-hmm. main actor super super good just incredible movie made me ugly cry <laughs> <laughs> it was sad upsetting uh yeah. good good movie (laughs) i felt the beginning was slow but it's almost necessary to get the emotional impact of the last third or whatever yeah so i forgive it for being a little slow at the beginning okay number four other people i'd never seen this movie i feel like i'm late on it just because it's so my shit do you know this movie no no it has jesse plemons who you hate i think
1: (laughs) oh i love he's an outstanding actor Uh uh-huh don't quote me on this but like picking up the baton where Philip Seymour Hoffman left off level good Mm,
0: yeah I agree yeah but
1: unbearably I cannot stand his face (laughs) like such a fucking rat-faced goon oh don't be rude I'm so like I he's I know I don't he's good I hope I wish literally nothing but success for him
0: it stars him it also has Molly Shannon it's written by Chris Kelly who created this show I liked and I think I brought up a long time ago probably over a year ago on pod called the other two chris kelly was a writer for snl he's a comedian well he's a comedic writer so there's a whole bunch of comedians that i love in this as well they even do a scene at ucb like they go to an improv show and there's Mm. like all these improv comedians that are really popular there it's like sort of a comedy But it is about, it's like a a sort of autobiographical movie about Chris Kelly. His mom died of cancer. (laughs) So the movie is like Molly Shannon dying of cancer. Uh, and that's not a spoiler it like she dies at the beginning and they go back and show like when she was alive to dying yeah
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) so it's like a pretty sad story but it's also there's a lot of comedy in it but it was another cry movie so i've been crying this week what's up (laughs) 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 but it was very good hell yeah that's on netflix too and then lastly yeah oh okay i watched an incredible movie, the kind of movie that gives you butterflies in your tummy just because it's so good and cool. Okay, uh, this movie Angst. Uh, "Angst." I think the the English name is "Fear," but that's the German name, and you can look it up by that on Tubi mm-hmm. for free. It's from 1983. It is a super like art house uh, horrors mm-hmm. sort of slasher movie. I hesitate to call it a slasher because it's not really like any other slashers I've ever seen. It's based on a true story of a real serial killer, but it's not a serial killer I've ever heard of, so I don't know. But the cinematography in this movie, oh my God. Yeah? It's insane. I, it got me so hyped. I want to tear up a little just thinking about it. (laughs) This guy who did the cinematography, I've looked him up and I started watching, he has a whole bunch of shorts. Mm -hmm. His name is... Uh, super Polish, Zbigniew Rybczynski. I think that's how you say it. Anyway, he's incredible. He's visionary. Um, I mean, just I read things of other people talking about him, just like nobody knows cameras, film techniques more than this guy. Nobody studied it as much as him. He created his own devices to like make really cool shots. Uh, It got me so hyped. It was so cool. (laughs) Yeah. It was so cool. And if you're a person like me, Uh, who's a big dork and loves to know background info on movies and productions and stuff like that, there is info to be found. Hell yeah. (laughs) It's very cool. Also, I bought the Blu-ray, and it has like so many cool features. Uh, It has an intro from Gaspar Noe, or how would you say his name? Yeah. Who like says it's one of the coolest movies of all time. Damn. I can't believe that I'd never heard of this movie even uh, until – I heard of it Friday morning. I watched it Friday night. I bought it Friday night. (laughs) And I read about it all weekend and watched a bunch of Zivigniew's shorts all weekend because I was so, it's so cool. It's so cool. Okay. Angst. Angst is what it looks like. On the list. So that's what I've been watching. Everybody watch Angst, please. It's just very good. And tell me if you do. I don't know anybody else who's seen it, so...
1: I got a, a, a mutual on Letterboxd who's seen it. Oh, yeah? Gave it, gave it four stars and said, weird shit.
0: It is weird shit, that's for sure. And it is it is kind of violent. I mean, hey. there's only a couple deaths, but they're pretty... They're kind of violent.
1: Whew, and that <laughs> runtime? Short. 75 minutes? Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Hell yeah.
0: Okay, so <laughs> that's what I've been watching. Before yeah. we get to plugs, we actually had a a listener question a question from a normal a What? <laughs> so we had a question from a normal and the question is what's your desert island movie
1: uh you sent me this last night and you were like hey i'm, I'm letting you know this now so you can know tomorrow and i was like i'm not gonna figure that out now and i didn't <laughs> and i tell you what I, i've come to this moment and my answer is uh spirited away Oh yeah. Uh, Miyazaki Spirited Away would be my Desert Island movie. It it is one of my favorite movies. It's not even my favorite Miyazaki movie. But it's my Desert Island movie because I feel there's so fucking much in it. I feel like I could spend a lot of lot of lot of time with that movie and never grow tired of it. And I could really mm-hmm. dig and chew into some of the different I mean, there's so many just unique background characters for one. Just literally drawn in several you know one or two frames kind of thing yeah yeah i'd go with spirited away what are you okay. what are you shooting with
0: i think depending on when you ask me my answer would probably change as always <laughs> yep yeah if you ask me tomorrow but, i'll
1: have a different answer
0: sure at the moment after thinking about it for a, a couple days i think that i would go with buzzard actually hell yeah <laughs> but i'd say can i bring the dvd with the special oh my features God. and i get a <laughs> <laughs> but I think similarly that because I mean something I love about their movies, the sob noise movies, of course, yeah, I've uh, talked about them to damn death, but uh, <laughs> something I love about their movies is that there is so much they're so tight, they spend so much time honing them down, that everything is so tight, and there's so much detail involved that they also are movies I think you can watch over and over and over again, and pick out something new every time, right? Totally. Like you can, a new joke will hit you the third time watching the movie that you didn't even pay attention to the first two times because there's so many other jokes, you know? Mm-hmm. Or, you know, something in the background or whatever, some detail. Uh, I, Yeah, I think their movies are just ones that you can watch over and over and over again. That movie in particular, I think is so funny. Hell it yeah. also has cool tunes. Mm-hmm. And I mean, something else I like about watching their movies is... um. That it feels like hanging with my people, you know?
1: Yeah, totally.
0: And if you're alone on a desert island, I think that's a feeling you'd want to have. And uh, so that's why I picked Buzzard. Hell yeah. All right. That's our desert island flakes. Okay. Hell yeah. All right. You can find us, you know where, on Instagram, everywhere else at Screen ScreenRomit, one word on all the things. Give us a subscribe if you haven't already. And if you'd like, if you're very nice, you'll leave us a rating and review on your podcast app. Uh, It's simply the nice thing to do. You can also send us an email at ScreenRomitPod at gmail.com Or tweet us with your thoughts on this movie or other movies or suggest a movie.
1: Hey, if you want to hear me talk about labor and unions and bullshit like that, I got a podcast called How to Fire Your Boss. It's up now on all the stuff.
0: Hell yeah. And next week, we'll be watching the movie Prince Avalanche, which is basically everywhere for free. It's on Canopy, Tubi, Vudu, Amazon Prime, all those things. Probably more places, too. Yeah. So check out that movie, Prince Avalanche. And, uh... Say, tell me happy birthday <laughs> okay happy birthday. that's all for us <laughs> bye, bye.